Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to the Back Poach Conjure. Grab a seat. Grab a blanket, chair, cop squatting grass. Y'all know we got good weather. Always good weather in here in the Back Poach Conjure. Or sit right here on the stoop. Sit right here. Let the legs dangle out. Stoop kind of high. Grab you a juice, morning coffee or tea. Make you a shake. Get a glass of water. We always got to hydrate. Or uh, get you a drink. It's 3 o'clock somewhere. Somewhere it's 3 o'clock. That was Broken Halo. 
And I share with y'all my life, my experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. We talk about a few things. Try to keep the balance. Try to make sure people are aware. Little education, little knowledge, little wisdom. Lessons from the old folk. I share with you. I make sure you get something. Something. To help you down the line. You know, back in the day, my mother and them said, here, there's something put in your bag. <laughs> my friends that weren't from the South thought my mama was going to get the money. You know, when you say, here, there's something for your bag. People think it's money. No, it's a little wisdom <laughs> to help you along the way while you're down there traveling in this beautiful journey we call life. <laughs> so, here, there's something for your bag. So, I'm giving y'all something for your bag this morning. A lot of things have happened, and we tend to, you know, um, overlook the here's something for your bag lessons. Because we have the answer. Oh, the answer is embedded in us. Les Brown once said, wherever you find yourself, you made an appointment to be there. Problem is, <laughs> you ain't had no choice. You had to show up. <laughs> so, here's something for your bag. We have the answer. We have the wisdom. They have handed us something for our bag from the day we came out our mama. Right? And we tend to ignore it. Because we don't think our bag is secure. We don't think our bag is name brand and designer. We looking over there at Birkins and uh, fucking Gucci and Balenciago. Not realizing they shit is counterfeit. <laughs> we born with a real bag. Those are the ones that's counterfeit. The ones we trying to... Go over and be like, sit around, because maybe they got a shiny button. But our bag is authentic. Our bag was divinely created just for us. But we don't pay attention to that. We got to look at everybody else's fucking bag and, and want to switch bags. They take our divinely created bag that's full of knowledge and wisdom and experience and use it. And once they use it, they throw it away. Service is with no purpose. Here we sitting with a fucking fake bag and we walking in the room and we like, stuck out our new bag and all we need is one person to say, that shit ain't real. That's, mm-mm, that's counterfeit, child. That, who gave you that bag? Now we mad. We want to go back and try to get our bag back. And the bag is in the garbage, used up. Now we mad and we angry and we want to be bitter and we want to lash out. Let me ask you a question. Who told you to give your bag away in the first place? When I was in school, you know, the kids used to uh, make lunch. We didn't have that. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> we didn't have that. Once in the blue, my mom would, but that, nah. They feed you in school. <laughs> Eat that. But I would see where kids would, I had a friend named Nadine. Her and uh, Iris would sit next to each other. And it was this kid, right? Christian. God bless the dad. Christian Bailey. He was soft-tempered. So all three of them, they were, they were sitting there. And Christopher Haney, or one of them, would come. Now, they moms, Sean Martin, all these kids, they moms gave them a nice lunch. Sandwiches, maybe they little uh, container with the, um, the juice and, uh, you know, the, 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 back then the Drake's cakes, those was shit back in the day, you know, back in the day, that was everything. And, um, they would have their little sandwich, their little napkins, you know, just a, a lunch, uh, the fruit cups, all of that. And I used to, man, I wanted a Josie and the Pussycat lunchbox. Oh, what? I wanted that. Or the Scooby-Doo one, right? I wanted those. My mom would not. She wouldn't. <laughs> let, me, let me just say, she wouldn't. Uh, my pops did down the line. And I didn't even take care of it. I wound up leaving the, the food in there and stuff. So, it wasn't. But anyway, that's another story. So, Chris would get a... Go to the store and get a, a bag of lunch. You know, something that your mama might have gave you a chicken sandwich, something left over to take with you, right? Just in case you don't get the lunch because his ass was bad and he always was wind up in the corner somewhere. So he always, I guess he must have went home and told his mom he was hungry. So she gave him whatever leftover we had. If it was uh, ham hocks and rice or whatever, right? But Chris would talk to him out of their shit. Get her food that they didn't want to eat. He would his game was so good. He didn't bully him. He would talk them out of his shit. If it was something, he would make he would make his shit sound so good. Right? I'm a kid. I want no fucking ham hocks. <laughs> want no beans and rice. Yo, I always remember that. And he would talk them out of their shit. He would talk them out of their fruit cups. Their bologna sandwiches and, you know, they, they little snack cakes. He would talk them out of it. He would. And they'd be stuck there thinking that they got, you know, something better. And kids would laugh and be like, oh, who's eating that? That stink. But Krista ate his shit already. He done left. <laughs> they sitting there mad, crying. They couldn't beat him up. Mad and crying. So these are lessons I learned years ago when I was a kid. And I would sit there and I remember asking, like, why do y'all trade with him? And he would get them all the time. You would think they learned this lesson. You would think it after the first time, the second, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Because I'm going to whoop your ass. But they, they didn't get it. And I remember going home and talking to my pops, right? And mind you, we in public school, maybe about second, third grade. And I remember coming home and I remember asking my father, right? Like, how, how are they so, well, back then I said dumb. 
But my father said, no, 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 it's gullible. And I'm like, gullible? Like, how they, how they so dumb? Like, Chris always get them. And they don't tell, like, sit there and cry. They have to wait all day to go home and eat, you know, and they just sitting there. Their stomachs be hurting or whatever. But you let him get you. He's not bullying you. He's not beating you up. He's not threatening you. He's sitting here giving you a pretty-ass story. Hey, <laughs> y'all, here's some fucked-up shit. And y'all trade for y'all new stuff. My father explained it like, you know, he, he, he gave me a story, right? But the lesson of it was that to them, because Chris was popular, why would Chris fool them again? Like, and he would, he would go to me and be like, man, I'm sorry. I thought y'all liked that. Like, he would soothe them so he can get them again. So every time he would, he would, oh man, don't let them have something good. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm. And he, he was the, the magic bean buyer. You know, when Jack and the Bean stuck. <laughs> <laughs> went out to the market and the guy just we talked to him they call them they call them you know silver tongues or or that that honey talk that sweetness that's why pimps and stuff can do that they ain't beating you at first they not they they give you a a pretty fucking story really at the end of the day they giving you a beautiful meal what y'all like see i don't eat meat but i a steak, baked potato, fully loaded, broccoli, oh, a salad, that garlic bread. Oh, you know, that, that ribeye, that T-bone steak, nice and thick and juicy, soft. You just cut it like butter with a knife, right? Imagine getting a beautiful dish, but they serving it on a garbage leg. I don't want that. Took all the appeal away. But the problem is they don't see the... The lid, they don't see the trash. They just see the dish. Because we want it. We want to be accepted. We want to be. And, I mean, he would get them all the time. All the fucking time. You know when they learned their lesson and stopped giving Chris shit? When they got to the fifth grade. <laughs> when they got to the fifth grade. And he would, he had a certain set that he would, he would get. Because I remember the first time my pops, my pops had been there and brought me a, a lunchbox. And me and Nisi were sitting at the um, table. Here's Christopher Haney. Now, I always thought Christopher Haney was beautiful because he was bow-legged, like his legs was broken. Oh, beautiful. I always thought he was beautiful, right? Just his legs. That was it. And I remember he came over there and he said, yeah, you know, y'all, I got heroes and stuff. I said, that's good. And he was like... You want your you want your cake, you want your uh Chris, you not getting us. You you ain't get Nisi, what you what you got? Oh, okay. Ooh, girl, that's good. He was like, so y'all ain't gonna give me that? I hate y'all, y'all ugly. Thank you. Thank you. I still love your legs though, but you be cute. And that was it. Chris knew. Even till this day, when I see Mr. Christopher Haney, I like still bow legged. Like he got two uh fucking uh comma marks. <laughs> Parentheses. And he's um and beautiful. A beautiful individual. But I still know 
that Chris will give you a beautiful story laid on a garbage leg. Ain't no way in hell. <laughs> but I love him. I love him to death. Love him to death. Beautiful fucking human being. I'm serious. When someone goes, he spoke beautiful at one of our classmates' funeral. Beautiful. I would say Mr. Scullin. He should have been a reverend. For real. Mr. Scullin. But anyway, that's not the story of it. We give away our power. We give away our knowledge. We give away our magic. And in hopes of receiving something more better than what we had. We don't value the stuff we have. We don't value it. You know, we don't appreciate it. We take advantage. We, well, for granted, that's what we do. We, until we don't have it no more. We really do. I noticed that yesterday. You know, you'll have people and you'll say, hey, you know, you got a loving mate. You have a, a beautiful home. I don't like it. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I don't, mm-mm. I want somebody better. You see her husband? No, this is real true shit. Her husband, he, he mowed a lawn. Well, your husband paid somebody to mow it. I know, he fucking lazy. The object is to mow the lawn, right? Yeah, it's done. No matter how it got done, it's done. You never have to question him. She has to go and make her husband do it. Your husband pays someone monthly to do the lawn. Well, her husband, you know, he's always home. He's unemployed. Your husband has his own company. This is what I'm saying. Now, I know some of y'all listening like, oh, she's stupid. If I had it, trust me. We always say that. Oh, my God, if I had it like you. Well, what you got with you? What do you have? Appreciate the shit you have before you look and, and stop making those noises. Appreciate what you have. My husband, I remember my husband, God bless the day, he said, I want you to be a stay-at-home mom. Now, mind you, I always worked. Always worked. And I was like, my second husband. I tried it. For two months, I went crazy. I went batshit crazy. Because I always worked. I, I couldn't I couldn't phantom me being in the house. I, I would bug out. You know, the only thing that gave me a sense of peace, I tell you no lie, is watching Seven Heaven. Because I would see what the mom would cook. And I would make that... <laughs> Make a dish like that myself. You know what I'm saying? Seventh Heaven. I would watch that goddamn show. That's the only thing that gave me a sense of peace. But I was crazy. I was washing clothes. I was rearranging the house. I mean, and all I did that in a week. Now I'm home for two months. I couldn't take it no more. I went and got a job at the Waffle House. I couldn't take it. He was like, why are you working? Because I cannot be in the house. Idle hands are the devil's play thing. I would be in all kinds of shit, and I can't do that. I have to, you know, I like my own shit, right? But I remember my good, good girlfriend. She was like, oh, I wish I had a man that would um, have me stay at home. Why? 
Why? It's the beauty of working. No, no. See, I mean, he's he's good. Now, mind you, she had a man that brought her a house. I was renting an apartment. I'm not comparing, but I'm like looking at her like, are you fucking crazy? Oh, my God. I don't even have to work. I don't even want. I wish he would tell me to stay home. Well, in reality, you could because he took care of all the bills. You could have. Oh, he's, you know, you got it good. No, I don't. I'm going to get me a job. I can't take this shit. Like, no. And I remember sitting down talking to Craig and telling him, listen, I understand you, you know, because that's the home he came from. His mom was a stay-at-home mom and his pops worked. His pops, you know, took care of everything. That's great. That's not me. I got to get out here and work. I got to get out here and make sure I have. I'm not that chick. I appreciate you. You know, and I did. I appreciated him. I appreciate you for wanting that. But that's not me. And you knew that when you met me. So this I can't do. But I appreciate you. And I was out there working. And it was good. Right? Because he, he turned around. He did. Because when he got hurt. On the job. Uh, we already had a little money saved. So that that kind of played off. And he realized, like, damn, you know, you're right. Because you have to appreciate. See, I know I'm going all over the place this morning. But it's okay. I want you to appreciate what you have. I want you to, to honor what you have. I want you to love the people that you have in your life that's loving you, that's giving you double the energy you're giving out. Because we don't do that. We don't. We look at the shiny, fake, fucking wooden nickels and in hopes of their shit is better. No. Honor your shit. Honor your stuff. Loving your path. Because I want y'all to be mentally ready. For real. I don't want... Listen, at the end of the day, I don't want the end of my life where they say, hey... Did you do what we told you to do on every angle to the best of my ability? I did. When you see a need, did you act on it the best of my ability? I wasn't perfect. I made a few hiccups here and there, but I did it. I remember uh, my homeboy, when he first got his apartment, and mind you, he was homeless. Living on his baby mama couch and all of that. And he got his apartment. And I said, oh, wow. He was like, yo, you got to come see it. And I said, okay. And it was beautiful. I really did. I loved it. He had a patio and everything. You know, I was like, wow, this is nice. And he went to this girl house and saw her apartment. And just out of the blue, assumed hers was better. He stopped decorating his apartment because at first he was on the road. Like, I, I used to always tell him, I said, for real, no lie, I would go to his house and put sticky notes <laughs> or some shit. And he was like, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, when I get my place, I'm coming to get this. Like, yo, this is hot. You know, he had these wooden, made from a tree. No, oh my God. Made from a tree, an old tree. They were pothole, you know, plant holders, but big for big plants. And they were made from fallen trees that when they, somebody must have gathered them up 
when it was a storm or maybe somebody cut down a tree and he took the branches and left the tree skin on it and made it a, uh, a big plant holder so you could sit your plants down in it. Um, he had this wooden carved Buddha, which was really beautiful. He had, oh, a placemat. Well, you know, a, a bathroom mat, but made from the wood. But it was, it was, you know, sanded down where it won't stick your feet or anything like that. But these things were like really authentic. And I'm like, oh man. And it was one of a kind. And I'm like, yo, this is beautiful. And he was fixing his apartment up. And he met this girl and he went over there and he saw her apartment. Now, mind you, let me go back. He has authentic, handmade, beautiful shit in his house. Right? She got no shade. Walmart shit. Walmart shit. And he was like, yo, her apartment is slamming. I'm looking like, nigga, do you not see your apartment? Like, you got a patio. She don't got no fucking patio. You got uh, authentic fucking furniture, things, big, you know, you can build off of that. It's beautiful. I love your apartment. All of, he he made sure he went out and brought all the kitchen appliances. With me and my daughter, we was like, yeah, we gonna get this. He had this blender. He had a food processor. Like I'm like, yo, can we cook Thanksgiving dinner over here? And my daughter wanted up because she he had yo his kitchen was fucking amazing. And my daughter, she loves to cook, and he had all of the fucking appliances. Where she was making all kinds of shit. Still wasn't happy. He would go over to this chick's house and see her apartment. So one day I asked him, I said, yo, you know, what happened to you? Why your apartment is fully falling and shit? Man, I want to move on. I don't like this apartment no more. Like, yo, old girl apartment is slamming. You take one more shit over your authentic shit? Man, you, are you depressed? Are you going through something? Just, are you breaking up with somebody? Like, what's up? Nah, you know, I just like her apartment. Till this day. His apartment is, you'll go in there and you'll think, nah, Ifa, babe, you lying. This apartment was never like that. And the girl apartment is just regular. And I'm like, nigga, you got parquet floors. Once again, we don't, we don't see our bag. Now, I know somebody gave him something to put in his bag on, down the way. I know it. But he don't see his bag. He see the shiny fake fucking Louis. <laughs> the knockoff. You got authentic. He want the knockoff. And mind you, Popman is cute. So I remember when my daughter moved downstairs. I said, oh, wow, your apartment is nice. She was like, I know, right? I said, yeah, it is. Mine is better. <laughs> what? My apartment is bigger. Mine is better. I appreciate mine. I love mine. I ain't trading it. I'm happy with what I got. I'm ecstatic. And I fix it up the best of my ability to make it comfortable for me. I love plants. I got plants all over the place. To make it comfortable for me. For me. I can go into everybody's apartment and be like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Oh, this is nice. This is good. I still love mine. I ain't going to trade it for nothing in the world. How you doing? <laughs> I love mine. I'm grateful. I still wake up and be like, yes, y'all are beautiful. Good morning, people. How y'all doing? 
Good morning to the living room. Good morning to the kitchen. Good morning to the bedroom. Good morning to the bathroom. Good morning. And I love you. And I go on about my business. I don't know about y'all. Somebody put something to put my bag down the way. And I appreciate it. Because every so often when I look around, I'm grateful for what I have. And we talk about relationships. Some of us may be single. Some of us may be in a relationship. Some of us may be in an entanglement, as the kids say. Oh, that now nah, we in an entanglement. What the fuck is that? But I don't want to care. I ain't getting into that, right? Okay. And some people are just happy with having open relationships and all of that. This ain't about them. This is about the ones that may have a nice partner, someone that looks out for them, that thinks about them. But they never satisfied. They're not happy. Somebody gave them a mate to put in their bag. Here, they're for you. God gave them to you. Right? But you don't want it. You seeing, like I said, <laughs> he don't cut the grass. I said, uh, she got to beg him to cut it. He ain't getting out there to cut it on his own. And she was like, oh, but he cuts it. I'm like, your husband pays to get it cut. <sighs> He's always home. He unemployed, stupid. For real. That's serious. Your husband has a business. He don't spend no time with me. The time he do spends with you, you got an attitude. Hey, babes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on fire. You know, I took the day off. Let's, let's go do something. Never mind. I don't want to do anything. Huh? He was just complaining that he didn't spend time with you. So now he's here. Now he makes a commitment to be with you Saturday night and all day Sunday. That's not enough. You live in a nice house. Kids are good. You're good. But you don't want that. You want the relationship that your little friend got that's always coming to you complaining how her man don't do shit. But she don't think nobody ever want her. So she's stuck with that. Whole new different conversation. But you want a relationship like that because he's always in the house. She's wanting your relationship, a man that takes care of his family and have responsibility. See where this is going? Right? Oh, okay. I'm like, won't y'all switch? <laughs> you take the motherfucker that would take care of his family, and you take that nigga that ain't got no job, that sit there, smoke weed all day, don't do shit. You got to beg him or curse him out or threaten to put him out so he can go live with his mom and them in order for him to do something. And he only going to do it for about two or three days. He ain't going to give you a week. And then he back to it, telling you shut the fuck up. He on the internet. He, he, he looking for a job, but it's hard out there. They ain't hiring black men. You know that, that motherfucker. Man, they ain't hiring black men, man. The black man can't come up. Nigga, if you don't go outside and fill out a, a fucking application... You know, back then, it was hard to find a job. Now, jobs are hard to find people. 
what? Nigga, they hire you on the spot. I ain't working for anybody. Nigga, tell the truth. You don't want a job. You want this girl to finish taking care of you, and she going to do it. But this story ain't about her. This story is about the one that has a man that owns up to his responsibility, and you're still not satisfied. You're too busy looking at all the other shit. That's an imbalance. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. That's an imbalance. No lie. Now let's talk about women that, if you have, listen, <clears throat> let me put a disclaimer here. Entanglements, situations, right? Relationships that are just based on sex only. You know what you signed up for, right? You know what you signed up for. Let's, let's be honest, right? But now you see your friends in committed relationships. So now you want to change this. Oh, he needs to be in a committed relationship. Why? You knew what you signed up for. He handed that to you and you took that and put it in your bag. Hey, they're for you. Okay. I don't want no woman. I don't want no relationship. We just going to screw. All right. Now you done caught feelings. It's not her fault. I don't victim blame. Don't get it twisted. But you knew what you signed up for. But now you see all your friends with husbands and, you know, committed relationships. They going to take vacations and all of that. So now you're angry. You mad at him because you want now a relationship. I done told you I didn't want one. I told you I gave you the blueprint. I put that in your bag. You accepted it. Authentic. But now I know because I want that. So now you want to bug out. See? <laughs> Own your shit. Now let's go to spirituality. Okay, I want to get initiated. Somebody say, hey, learn what you're getting into. This is good reading material. Put it in your bag while you're walking down this journey. They're here for your bag. You know? Put it in your bag. No, all you see is initiated priests or people that say they're initiated and you want it. Not in understanding the work or the sacrifice and everything they done put in. Mm -mm. That, that's over your head. You missed that. You missed that memo. You don't want that class. You jumped over those. You went straight from being born to going to college. You a newborn. And, and, and you in college, you a newborn. Like, oh, I'm a newborn. Uh-huh. And you in college. First of all, who feeding you, who changed you? Because all these people are self-sufficient. They know what needs to be done. They got the instruction. You can't even talk. You can't even walk. You a newborn sitting in a college room on the floor. Because we ain't even going to give you a seat, a, a bassinet, nothing. You on the floor, just laying there. People stepping on you. And if it's a rush and anybody don't look down, they're going to walk all over you. It may hurt you. That's how I see it. But we don't want to see that. Because we born spiritual. My spirits. My, I, I hate people like that. Let me just put that out there. For real. I hate people like that. I'm born spiritual. My spirits are so powerful. I don't need that. That's why people don't want to help me because I'm so powerful. You batshit crazy. That's what you are. 
I, I no, for real. I'm gonna call you as I see you. You batshit crazy. I was born spiritual. We all are. Hi, how you doing? Oh, she came in my dream and she said she's my head. Oh, okay. All right. I'm not going to sit here and debate you. God bless you. And they will look and see. Let me tell you a little story, right? That one is a good one. <laughs> when I started out learning how to read cards, my friend Rachel was teaching us, right? And we were all learning. I was amazed by it. I really was. I don't, we talking 27 years ago, right? <laughs> Long time. But I was amazed by it. Every day I would, you know, ask her about a different card. Uh, back then you had this store that was on 71st and Continental in Queens. And it was uh, you know, a spiritual store. Like, they were witches, pagans, and they had tarot cards and everything. And Rach brought me my Rider Waite deck. And we would be in there, because I remember one of the owners' name was Donna. And we would go in there. And they, it was just so beautiful, the incense, the setup, the crystal balls, all of that. Like, I was amazed when Rach first took me in there. Now, Rach is from uh, Columbia, and Rach would, you know, tell people their future and stuff, and she had her tarot cards and things, and I was, I was so amazed. So, as she was teaching us all, hold on, I would call her, I would, I would, you know, tell her, yo, you know, I, I, I like this card, what is this card for? And she used to always say, don't read the book. Don't read the book. Look at it, right? Because how she taught me is how I teach everyone else. But then you had a chick <laughs> that was funny where instead of her learning, right, she wanted to supersede, right? Student can't surpass the teacher. She wanted to supersede, you know, Fuck the cards. I'm going to go to rooms and I'm going to read and I'm going to do this. And Rach, do, do read rooms. I don't. My baby daughter does. I don't. Um, and she was like, I don't need that. I can do it myself. Because all she saw was the end result of what Rachel was. You know what I'm saying? Rachel was a spiritualist. She still is. She just saw that part. Fuck going to school. Fuck learning. No, because I'm born with this. I'm black. It's in me. So she went and did her own thing. She got her ass handed to her on a platter. No lie. Ass handed on a platter. Got embarrassed. So you superseded. And I remember when Rach was like, you can go and do like her. And I was like, no, no, no. Shit. I, she's crazy. <laughs> like, nah, I'm, I'm right here. I need to learn. Because guess what? My thought pattern back then were, I, I'm not going to be around you forever. I need to learn how to be self-sufficient. I, I want to know the history of the card. I want to know, you know, I, I want you to pour your cup in me. Like, to be honest, to sum it up. 
I want you to pour your cup in me, but leave room for growth. Don't, don't overflow it. Leave room for growth. And she said, well, I need you to shuffle the cards and carry a notebook. And I was like, okay, right? Didn't make sense at first. I said, okay. And each time she'll tell me, what do you see? And I described the card and she'll say, turn it over. Now, what do you see? And I described the card and she was like, write three sentences of what you see on with it upside down and right side up. Okay. You know, and I did that. My book was packed and she threw my book away. I said, what? She said, throw it away. You don't need it. I thought that was crazy, but I still threw it away. She said, now start over. What do you see? And stop worrying about the book, all of that. Tell me what you see. Listen to your spirit. Spirit? She was like, who else is giving you these messages? And each time I would learn, right? And I remember going to the person and was like, yeah, she made me throw my book away. And um, she was like, the person was like, yeah, that's stupid. That's dumb. That's why, you know, I don't follow her. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been reading cards for 27 years. My son will be 38. I'll be reading for 28 years. I have put up memories of when you see me. People have wrote on the page to say in comments, I remember when you read me at this time. The first person I ever read, ever, was named Gregory, and he found me all those years ago and said, hey, I remember I was your first reading. You definitely was. Full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Full circle. This person that jumped the gun, don't read. This person that did all of that, nothing. Went through trials and tribulations. God bless her. I love her to death. Because she just saw, instead of the authentic, because Rach was given to us to put in our bag, the authentic, she wanted the shiny dollar. But it wasn't even real. It was counterfeit. Because she was following everybody else that she assumed was spiritual. And they weren't. They were not. They were reading books and... Back then, you just had, you know, the library or word of mouth. Hence why when I went to, um, when I went to uh, this event and they were talking about card readings and stuff. And I said, you know, back when I was coming up, the gypsies and them would sit outside. You know, different spots over on 71st, down the block from Sizzlers, uh, on that little corner, across the street from the bank. They would sit there in their little chair, you know, decked up. Or you would go to their homes, you know, word of mouth. Some of them had little shops here and there, but they were stuck, you know, in corners. 
the far side of the street or the place. It wasn't out in the open. Now you can go to Central Park. You got card readers everywhere, everywhere, wherever, anything. It could be a church function across the street. There's a card reader. <laughs> like they're everywhere. Back then, when I was coming up, it wasn't so open. People see you pull out tarot cards. Oh my God, you know. Oh, you you worship the devil. Oh my goodness, that's Satan. Then you have those same women that come. Can you read me? My husband is cheating. My husband is. You know, so back then it wasn't out like that. But I digress. Putting it in your bag. Spirituality. You're born with authentic gift. You're born with a set of special skills. And no, this ain't taken. But you're born with that. It's yours. The divine created you just with these. We don't honor the gifts we have. I remember this chick, right? Her name is Gwen. She was like, oh my God, I wish I had your gift. I said, shit, you got a great gift. Like, yo, you can, you know, feel people energies. But you can see things. You can feel people's energy. You know when people are off. You know. And she was good. Wasn't happy with us. She wanted everybody else's. I'm like, why? For what? You don't understand. Just like people with power. You can be initiated in 21 Division. Then it's like, that's not enough. I need to go into Palo. I need to go into Lukumi. I need to go into Shay Shay. I need to go. Listen. I know people that got over, no lie, like nine initiations into different things. Satanic, demon, this, that, this. And I'm like, the first one wasn't enough? No, I need power. Because my enemies be trying to tear me down. I can feel it. What enemies? What enemies? Unless you're doing wrong out there. What enemies? Somebody's always out to get me. You know, my ex-husband, his wife, is that lady ain't worried about you. Oh, this one is. They not worried about you. Trust me, they not. But when you look in the window of somebody else's life, and all you see is the display of what they're showing you, I don't want that. I don't know what you did to get it. So I don't want it. I'm happy with what I got. I'm satisfied. Oh, but you can't settle. I never said I was settling. You still see me progressing. I'm always doing something. My mom used to always say, make your next move your best move. So you always see me doing something. But I don't need to advertise it all the time until it's ready. Or if I'm ready to share with the world. If I'm not, maybe it's just for a certain set of people. I'm good with that. I don't need to always be out in the limelight. For what? I did that already. I put my time in. I sure did. Y'all may just be meeting me. And thank you. But I've been on this strip, baby, for a long time. A long time. I have. So, I'm good. I'm, I'm not world famous. I'm not world renowned. I'm, I'm not that. But I... I I put my 
Put my bones in. I don't need to look at nobody else's life and envy them or want that. I don't know what the fuck you did to get it. I'm always grateful for what I have. And I remember people would sit and say, oh, spiritual. We still on spiritual. My God sister Diane and them, when they were all there, right? And Diane was, uh, <clears throat> Diane was um, moving forward. You know, she was getting all her initiations and things like that. And I remember my godmother says, aren't you hurt? Aren't you mad? Because she's moving ahead of you like you brought her here. I said, no, I wish her the best. You're not mad? No. She was like, I would be. Why? That's her path. That's her. That's where she needs to be. I'm, I, shit, I wish her well. I never looked at nobody's life for real and envied what they had. No, I, that's, that, that's not even a character of mine. Because I remember meeting this girl named Kachita. And this is real story, real shit. I remember meeting this girl named Kachita, right? And she had a husband, two daughters. And you would have thought she had the best fucking life. Even homeless. Because we all was living in the Colonial Hotel. Right? We all had our own little rooms with our own little family. And the people at the bottom, they didn't care. Like, the long as you went down there and paid your rent. And I rent for a week was $1,937. We had two rooms and a bathroom. We had to turn them into little apartments. Colonial Hotel on 161 in Jamaica, in, um, over Jamaica Avenue. Right? And to the outside world, I live right next door to Kachita. To the outside world, Kachita, beautiful body, cooked. Husband name was Poppy, little short dude. Beautiful. Two beautiful daughters. Beautiful. So to the outside world, Kachita had it together. Body and everything. She had it together. Amazing. And I remember Lala, all of them, all the girls on the other side of the building, admired Kachita. Oh, my God. She was everything. Oh, my goodness. I need a man like hers and all that. Not once. And they used to be like, you live next door to her. Wow, wow. Girl. And they would do it because I had Didi and Shaba. They were little, right? They was like about six and seven, right? Because, yeah, well, Didi was in second grade and Shaba was in kindergarten. No, Shaba was in first grade. Didi was in second. Shaba was in first and they thought that those was my kids crying that night. Weren't my kids, right? Because we lived next door to each other. They thought it was me arguing every night. They used to be like, girl, I don't know why you argue every night. I said, I don't be fucking arguing. <laughs> but it wasn't my story to tell, right? Conchita man would whoop her ass. And if my kids was ever on this and listen, they would know. He would beat the shit out of her like it was baby, like it was a rag doll. He would, till this day, Craig, my ex-husband. I never forget that. He um, he had Mumi, that was her oldest daughter. And I don't know what he did, cause I I wasn't I was in the you know in the we our bathroom was a bathroom during the during the day and in the evening it was part of the kitchen right we would take the shower put the buckets in there clean the clean the kit ditches yeah we were a rough life but it was a great life we all loved it everybody that was in there we built the barn we knew what we was doing and um 
we, uh, Craig came out and he was like, yo, he had Poppy pinned up on the wall. And I was like, what the fuck you doing? And he was like, yo, I could have sworn he touched Shorty. And I was like, nah, let him go, you know, stop, stop. And Kachita was like, you know, he likes to lay in the bed with her. I was like, what? No, that's not right. Like, no. But that's a whole new different animal to, to tackle. But anyway, I knew her life. But to the outside world, her life was everything that somebody wanted. The perfect man, the perfect. Even though I grew up not embryoing or wanting what no one else had, it was like the world said, this is the reason why you don't envy. This is the reason why you don't discredit your life and what you have in, cha- in exchange for someone else's. Because no one wants to look behind the veil and no one wants to appreciate what they have already. Like I said, these women was amazed with how her relationship was. Not me. I knew he was beating her. I knew that he didn't give a fuck about her. I knew that because she was getting money, because we was in the shelter, we, we was getting bank, right? Homeless people back then, get bank. So, and you had a family? These are family shelters. So, and you got the best of everything back then. So, she was only there for the money and for her daughter. She would go shopping and feed her kids hot dogs and give him steak. And the, her excuse to people is, oh, well, me and them, they only like hot dogs. Child was in there frying that chicken. They came, they would run in my goddamn room and sit there. I would, make, I would always make extra so they could sit there and eat. They ate more at my house than they did hers. But he had steak and stuff. And you would think, as a mother, as a man, like, nah, we gonna cook that too. Mm-mm. She'd make him bacalao. She'd make him all kinds of dishes. Her kids, Franks. I said, them babies hate Franks. And if they are grown and they still around, and I hope so, I bet you any amount of money, the one thing they ain't going to ever eat is Franks, hot dogs. Because they would take it and just you would see their little face like, and they would walk over to my house, to my room. I live right next door. And I would have their plates ready, and they would sit. I, back then, you had the little blue table with the little red, yellow, and pink chairs. And that's what I had for Didi and Shaba. And Mumi and her little sister had, because I always brought two extra chairs. And they would sit there, and they would eat. And I always, you know, I'm from the South. So they always, whenever you make a meal, you make dessert. So they would be there waiting for their dessert and everything. And then once they finished, they'd play with them for a little bit, and they'd go home. Like, okay. And them Franks would be right where Kachita left them on the stair step, right there. Like, right. And I would go out sometime and pick it up and throw it in the garbage. Ain't want the fucking Franks. You ain't even give us a side, some potato chips, some uh, French fries, salad, something. You just two hot dogs, plain, with nothing on it. Oh, that's the only way they eat it. Them fucking kids don't want that. Like, at all. At all. Franks for lunch, breakfast, dinner. Franks, 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 Franks. I don't even like Franks. For real. I don't. I don't. Mm-mm. I got to be in the mood, mood, mood. And they better be vegan now. But I don't mean Franks. Like, no. Because I, I felt so bad for those kids. But anyway. That's why I didn't. That was living proof for me. To not envy. 
and to keep what I got in my bag because my bag was authentic. Yeah, I was in a shelter. I had my husband. I had my, my kids, my four kids. We moved to the projects and we made it work. He still was working. I was in the shelter. He, he was just there. But he worked. He worked at Jib Lanes and he was doing security. So I always kept some cash and they would send my kids and us on the best trips in the world. So, you know, what I want to end this with, keep your bag, be authentic, love what the shit you have, whether it's fucked up or not fucked up, love what you got, own it, appreciate it, be grateful for it every fucking day. I'm telling y'all, build faith in what you have. I can't stress this enough. Own your shit. I'm tired of talking to people. I'm not sure. I don't. No. I need you to be beyond sure. If you know that you know that you know that you know. Christian's been saying it forever. I need you to own your shit. Be happy. Be grateful. Celebrate you. Celebrate the shit you have. If you live in a fucking one room, celebrate it. If you live in a shelter, celebrate it. If you live in a fucking mansion, celebrate it. Don't envy those motherfuckers that you think is beautiful or you think they got it because they miserable behind those closed doors. Miserable. Nobody's posting their failures. Nobody's posting their hardship. They only want you to see the fucking shiny decorations. I don't want that. I told you, everybody want a piece of the pie. Fuck the pie. I want the recipe. I need to learn how to make my own. And with that, let me give you a jewel. Let me give you a jewel. My mother and them would put up masks. And I might have shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. Because some of y'all seem to fucking got blinders on. Some of y'all seem to think that y'all done forgot who the fuck y'all are. But I'm here to let you know you the shit. You are it. You are everything. You are divinely created. Walk like you got a thousand and something eggons walking with you and they ready. And half of them got that face on them saying, I wish a nigga would. Hey, let's talk about it. My mother and I would have masks in the house. Regular little mask. And people used to sit and say, well, why your mother have a mask? I said, because they always want to see people's true faces. They don't need to see two. So real quick, I want you to take that mask, go to the 99 cent store. I don't care where you go. You can go get a beautiful, authentic mask. You can get a regular mask, just a mask. Hold it in your left hand. Pour a little bit of almond oil, olive oil in your hand. And hold that mask in your left hand and take your right hand and go across the mask slightly with the oil to give it a little shine. And say, I would want to see true faces of anyone that comes across my path. Because now that gives out everybody. I only need to see one. Seal this deal. I say amen, so mode it be. I don't care how you end it. And you take that mask for three days and you wrap it up in a white cloth, white towel, white t-shirt, something white. And you put it in the closet. And then on the third day, you bring it out. You can put it on your wall. You can put it on your counter. You can put it on your egg on altar. You can put it anywhere. And as you walk around this goddamn earth, you'll see people as they are. Not as what you think or what they imagine. You'll see them just as they are. And you'll thank me for the rest of your life. So this is something to put in your bag while you're going on this journey. I love you. 
There will not be a conversation with if I be up Bayo yet because I'll be down in New York. And I love y'all. And I need y'all to build faith in yourself. It's not a spiritual war. It's a mental.